And hello, everyone, and welcome to our program, The Truth Will Set Your Free Bible Prophecy Edition. I'm Vic Batista, along with my co-host, Nathan Jones, and we are in our program, The Truth Will Set You Free, part of Lamb Lion Ministry. So we hope that you can stay tuned to today's program so as we're going to be looking at this amazing book of Ezekiel, talking about when God is silent. And of course, if you are following us on social media, we'd love for you to share this program with your friends and family so they can follow along with us. But before we continue, I'm going to ask my co-host, Nathan Jones, if he will open us up with a word of prayer. Lord, we thank you so much for the, what you've given us in the book of Ezekiel, the whole Bible that shows us your word, uh, show, helps us understand you, Lord, and understand you better. And I know we're all tuned in because we want to know you, Lord, and we want to understand you better. So we pray, Lord, that your Holy Spirit will rest on us. Uh, help us, Lord, to grow and flourish in you. We thank you, Jesus, in your precious name. Amen. Amen. Again, you're tuned into our Truth to Set You Free Bible Prophecy Edition. Nick Batista, Nathan Jones with Lamb Lion Ministry. We thank you for being part of our program. And of course, before we continue, I'm going to welcome my co-host of the program, Nathan Jones. Nathan, it's great to be back with you. Great to be on as always, brother. Uh, 12 years running. We're just about to move into season 13. What do you think of that? Oh, I think it's so exciting, Nathan. People are afraid of the number 13, but not you and I. We make it fun. <laughs> number 13 is the year. The year Jesus Christ comes back and we go home. That's why Lamb and Lion Ministries exist, to proclaim the soon return of Jesus Christ. We're looking forward to the day of him coming back. It's getting closer every single day. Maybe 2023 will be the year. Wow, Nathan. I, you know, I want to say I'm definitely in agreement with you. We're seeing so much Bible prophecy being fulfilled right before our eyes, just with the super sign in Israel and so many other things falling into place that I am right there with you. I really believe that we could be that generation that is alive and remain when the Lord returns, according to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. And we say Maranatha to that. <laughs> Amen. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. Amen. And hey, for those of you that are new to our program and you're not uh, aware of our resources and what we do here, Nathan, would you be able to share with them a little bit about the ministry? Sure. Well, again, Lamb and Lion Ministries, we're a Bible prophecy teaching ministry. Our mission is to proclaim the soon return of Jesus Christ. It was founded in 1980 by our founder, Dr. David Reagan, who has since uh, moved to emeritus status. Uh, Tim Moore and myself are the evangelists, along with Vic Batista here and uh, Patrick um, Oh, ooh. see, we've been doing it so long. He's got a senior moment. Uh, Oliver. <laughs> Thank you, Oliver. Oh, please. I hope Patrick, if you're listening, forgive me. Yes, Patrick <laughs> Oliver. And uh, so we were evangelists on staff here getting old, I guess. And uh, we're <laughs> excited about the Lord's soon return. And that's what we do. We proclaim it. That's our whole purpose of the ministry. Most people know us for our television program, Christ in Prophecy, which is broadcast on all the major television networks and apps. And uh, The Truth Will Set You Free is the podcast ministry of Lamb and Lion Ministries. So check us out. Go to our website at ChristInProphecy.org. Oh, that is so much fun. Nathan, I love senior moments. It just means that we've been faithful to the ministry for many years, and we're getting a little older with it. That's all season. Uh, oh, thank you for bailing me out there. And apologies to Patrick. I don't know what happened there. 
<laughs> well, see, for a second there, I thought you were going to be talking about Donald Dalmas, uh, because he's, he also does part of the Spanish ministry. And uh, for a minute, I thought we were going to say Donald instead of uh, <laughs> Patrick. <laughs> yes, yeah. Uh, Donald Dalmas, uh, shout out to him. He's our translator in Nicaragua, and uh, he's a pseudo staff member. Uh, we love Donald. He's been translating our materials for years. And if you want to see Spanish material of our uh, what we produce, then go to In Defensa de la Fe, In Defense of the Faith dot com. And his website is jam packed with translated materials from Lamb and Lion Ministries to that speak to the Spanish crowd. And speaking of the Spanish crowd, that's Vic Batista, right, brother? Uh, you represent the ministry when it comes to uh, many things, but also our Spanish outreaches, right? Yeah, Nathan, that's been a lot of fun. I had the opportunity to speak, uh, do a bilingual conference here in the Florida area, and that was fantastic because they wanted a uh, bilingual speaking uh, representative for our ministry, Lamb Lion, so I came out and did a three sessions uh, for them about end times and also uh, the Bible. Uh, and it was great because we had two audiences come together uh, and be able to listen to the message of Bible prophecy. So anyone else out there, if your ministry uh, needs us to come out and, and do a conference in Spanish or English, uh, we're available for that, Nathan. Absolutely. Yeah, we our speakers go all over the country. This year I've been to uh, southern Texas, uh, Indiana. Uh, Seattle, Washington, Pennsylvania, uh, oh, a bunch of other places, man. And you've been to Florida. Uh, our director, Tim Moore, I believe, has been to Iowa and Idaho and Florida. And wherever people uh, want to learn about Bible prophecy and God's prophetic word, and they call us, we'll be there. And that is very, very exciting. And soon, Nathan, I think you're going to be visiting us in Florida again in Orlando for another event. So that's always fantastic to have you close to me. I'm in Daytona Beach now. Yeah, in Orlando, the Prophecy Watchers Ministry is holding their big annual conference in Orlando. You go to prophecywatchers.com. I'll be one of the speakers. And uh, last year it was in uh, Colorado. And then 2023, it'll be in uh, Orlando. So I'm looking forward to going back to Orlando. The National Religious Broadcasters Convention sometimes is in Orlando, and so I go down there for that. And uh, never really make it to Disney World or uh, any of those other places, but I'm usually there for ministry's sake. Uh, yes, Nathan, we're not here to play. We're, we do serious business. We'll do Disney some other time. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Well, yeah. So again, for those of you that are new to the ministry, we we also have a lot of fun here. We we get serious at times uh, when it comes to the Word of God. But we want you to enjoy being part of the program and also um, seeing all the wonderful things that God has in store for you. That's what Nathan and I have been talking about as we have been looking at the book of Ezekiel. We are in chapter 20 and, and the ups and downs of the people of Israel, their spiritual condition, God's chastening and God's correction uh, for their lives, but not to destroy them, but so that they would uh, grow stronger out of the trials. And one of the things we noted in chapter 20 was, again, they're dipping into idolatry and God correcting them for that because that was not God's plan. God wanted each and every one of them to turn away from idols and turn to him. And that's what we're going to pick it up today in the book of Ezekiel. So we want to invite you to join us as we look at Ezekiel uh, chapter 20. Nathan, we will be able to pick it up uh, in verse 13 as a quick recap, 13 uh, through 15, just in case someone uh, doesn't have a Bible so they can follow along with us? Sure. Actually, we should pick up in 10 because we ended in 9. Um, let me give you a little, let everybody a little background if you missed the last episode. Uh, is that uh, So we're 
at the time period, about 600 BC, uh, Israel has for hundreds of years been rebelling against God. And he says, okay, I'm going to exile you out of the land so that you will give up your idols and return to me. And so basically the Assyrians had taken the northern tribes of Israel away in 722. And then in 586, the Jewish people were all pretty much taken out of the land uh, by the Babylonians. So we're in that time period. And Jerusalem is the only place left standing. And so the elders go out to Ezekiel, who was taken away in exile, but seems to be back. And they're finally turning to God and asking for help. And God's like, I took you out of Egypt and I raised you and I loved you. And all you did is rebel against me. And now you come and ask for help. And that's, that's kind of what the, the tone is in my own paraphrase there of what's going on here. So uh, if we pick up in verse 10, what do you want me to read to? Actually, yes, the 10 through 14. Thank you, Nathan. Okay. Well, therefore, I made them go out of the land of Egypt and brought them into the wilderness. And I gave them my statutes and showed them my judgments, which if a man does, he shall live by them. Moreover, I also gave them my Sabbaths to be a sign between them and me, and they might know that I am the Lord who sanctifies them. Yet the house of Israel rebelled against me in the wilderness. They did not walk in my statues. They despised my judgments, which if a man does, he shall live by them. And they greatly defiled my Sabbaths. Then I said I would pour out my fury on them in the wilderness to consume them. But I acted for my namesake that it should not be profane before the Gentiles in whose sight I had brought them out. You know, Nathan, I, I just love that verse there, but I acted for my name's sake. I love those those moments there when God pauses to show his grace and his love, that he's not a God of wrath, but he is a God of grace. He's not looking to, he takes no pleasure in the death of sinners, the Bible says. And over and over, Nathan, even in these people's rebellion, we see God looking for opportunity for them to repent. He wants to bless them. He doesn't want to uh, see them go through difficult times. Uh, but yet we see all these examples here, how God's people constantly turn their backs on him. Oh, yeah. I, and it's interesting where he says that if they followed my statutes, they shall live by them. They shall live. In other words, it's like oxygen. It's like water. These are the things we need. God says, living by my perfect moral law, you will live. But if you do not, it's like being a person who has no water, who has no oxygen. You're going to die. You're going to die in your sins. We need God. God is a source of life. And this is what Israel did. They, they were meant to be the proclamation of God to the world. Their behavior and their love of Yahweh God would be seen and the Gentile nations would turn to God. But instead, the, the Jewish people turned... Uh, to back to the, um, excuse me for a sec there. I should have put do not disturb on. Uh, but they should have gone back to the Lord and uh, they didn't. And so here you're sitting here, it's like, well, I took them out of Egypt and I showed the world with 10 plagues, you know, the 10 plagues of Egypt of my power against the Gentiles. So what am I going to do? Take them out, have them rebel against me and they all die in the wilderness? It, it would make God's name a mockery. And that's kind of the situation we've got here now that God has rescued the people, made them a great nation, but they continue to rebel against them. So he's like, okay, if they're destroyed totally, then where is it? God would have looked, his name would have been profaned. He looked like he'd failed. And so he's trying to make this point to the elders here. 
Excellent point. And Nathan, over and over, God, this is nothing new. God had given them instruction how to live, how to behave, uh, the, the dietary laws, uh, when it was time for them to rest, when it was time for them to work. And he left all these rules uh, for them and he wrote them down uh, clearly so that if they broke any of the rules, it really will be their own fault. It would not be out of ignorance. And, and of course, idolatry was a big problem with them, rebellion. Uh, uh, sometimes God will call them stiff-necked. Uh, they were ungrateful. And as we, as the list goes on and on, of course, I don't want to just sort of like uh, point the finger at the people of Israel because I feel that's really what we've done as well as a nation and as a people. God has given us his law, his commandments. The United States of America, uh, we have our constitution. We supposedly started out as a Christian nation, but boy, how far we have drifted from all that. And uh, and I think, Nathan, that like likewise, if we turn our backs on God and if we turn away from what he has written for us to do, uh, we're going to find ourselves in big trouble. It sort of reminds me, Nathan, of what God wrote in Exodus chapter 20, verses 1 through 9, uh, uh, for the children of Israel, for the Jewish people, if you will. Uh, and it was very clear there in Exodus chapter 20, uh, beginning on verse 1, where God said, I, God, spoke all these words, saying, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. You shall have no other gods before me. Verse four, you shall make, you shall not make for yourselves a carved image in the likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in earth beneath or that in the waters or under the earth. You shall not bow down to them nor serve them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquities of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generation and to those who hate me. Verse six, but showing mercy to thousands, to those who love me and keep my commandments, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. For the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. And verse eight says, Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor in all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath of the Lord your God. It is, it is, it you shall do no work, you nor your sons or your daughters, nor your male servants, nor your female servants, nor your cattle, nor your strangers who is in your gates. And Nathan, this is sort of like what we're reading here in Ezekiel. They profane the Sabbath. They're back in idolatry. And God says, well, you know, if you continue in this way, you, you leave me no other choice but to bring upon you the judgment and the discipline. Right. And you read the first five of the Ten Commandments. Of, of anything, the Jewish people should have known that. They had 613 laws, which is a lot of laws to follow. But the moral laws of the Ten Commandments were to be set in their hearts. And they didn't follow. And you're right. You know, we're not pointing fingers, oh, this is a Jewish problem and nothing anti-Semitic like that. It's a human problem. But uh, God was using, uh, for lack of a better term, he was utilizing Israel. They were a living example of what humanity could be in a right relationship with God, and they failed. Why did they fail? Well, because we're human and we make mistakes, but even more so, they were rebellious and selfish, and they disobeyed the Ten Commandments and all the other commandments. They didn't love God. I in Malachi, uh, the people say, we are weary of you. That's what how the Old Testament ends. But the people saying, we are just so weary of you. We're tired of you, God. And brother, you're absolutely right. We live in a society that has said for the last 20 years or so, God, we are just so tired of you. Please just go away. God, being the gentleman he is, steps back, 
and he lets goes away. But since he's the source of life, remember, then we all fall into decay and we're seeing society decay very rapidly. Absolutely. And again, for those of you that just tune in for the program, you tune into a Truth to Set You Free Bible Prophecy Edition. Big Batista Nathan Jones with Lamb Lion Ministry. Again, we're looking at Ezekiel chapter 20, looking at the spiritual condition of the people of Israel and how God is dealing with them. Nathan, you know, over and over I see here talking about the Sabbath and the importance uh, of, uh, uh, of them. Uh, uh, keeping the Sabbath and, and not defiling the Sabbath. And of course, we know uh, here in Scripture, uh, the, the, we, the, the Sabbath is a time of rest. It's a time for us to reflect on God. It's a time for us to give thanks for his provision for all the other days. Uh, and, and today, I mean, we live in a, in a world where people just don't stop. It reminds me of, what, of, the, of the old saying about uh, New York City, the Big Apple, the city that never sleeps. And it seems today. Well, if anybody the, should know you after living there for so many years. Yes, Nathan, I used to live there. And boy, that was so true. The city that never sleeps. They never take a, a Sabbath. They never take a siesta. They never take time to reflect on the goodness of God. And I think the God's people need to slow down and we need to reflect on God's goodness because, Nathan, if we don't, just like the children of Israel, we can get so wrapped up in stuff that we put God second, you know? Yeah, and that's idolatry on any level. You don't have to have a stick of wood and metal and shaped in some weird thing and worship it to be an idol. An idol is anything that puts God second place in your life. And why is it important that God is first place in our life? Well, because, again, it goes back to the passage we just read that he shall live by them. We, we as human beings— need God as much as we need oxygen and water. Otherwise, we die. And when I say die, we all die a physical death, but an eternal death, eternal separation from God in the lake of fire. And that is not a future that we want here, Vic and I, for anybody. Any of you tuned in who don't know Jesus as your Savior, uh, you're consigned to death, eternal death. That's our future for all of us. Only when we put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ can we be saved. Amen. Nathan, when we look at this uh, book, sometimes people say, oh, the book of Ezekiel, that's just Old Testament stuff. How does that apply to me today? Uh, and well, there are a lot of applications as we look at Ezekiel chapter 20 and we look at verses 15 through 20. Uh, there are some things here that are very significant that it talks about the attributes of God and, and who God is and how he feels about you and I, uh, his care for his nation. And Nathan, there in Ezekiel chapter 20, Will you be able to read for us verses 15 uh, through uh, 17, and I'll do 18 through 20 in case someone doesn't have a Bible? Yeah, pick it up verse 15. So here's God speaking again through Ezekiel to the elders of Jerusalem. So I also raised my hand in an oath to them in the wilderness that I should not bring them into the land which I had given them, flowing with milk and honey, the glory of all lands, because they despised my judgments and did not walk in my statutes, but profaned my Sabbaths. For their hearts were after their idols. Nevertheless, my eye spared them from destruction. I did not make an end of them in the wilderness. Verse 18, but I said to their children in the wilderness, do not walk in the statues of your fathers, nor observe their judgments, nor defile yourselves with their idols. Verse 19, I am the Lord your God. Walk in my statues, keep my judgments, and do them. Hallow my Sabbath, 
and they will be a sign between me and you that you may know that I am the Lord your God. Isn't that amazing, Nathan? In the midst of all their rebellion, God is writing to them this beautiful love letter uh, telling them how he feels about them. Yeah, and he's giving you the, the last 700 plus years of history of the Jewish people. A constant God showing them love and care and provision and blessing and the Jewish people having some moments of of exceeding to the Lord, turning to him, but for the most part, despising the things that the Lord provided and providing, despising the Lord himself. It's really tragic. And, you know, it's as bad as it was with the Jewish people. It's absolutely even worse with the Gentiles, obviously. Now we're in the church age, so there's no Jew-Greek distinction. There's now saved and unsaved. But even then, as a church, we tend to wander. I, I think of that old hymn, Prone to Wander, uh, I have to look up the, the hymn of that. That's a beautiful hymn. I love that hymn, but prone to wander from the Lord I love. And we do that. And so, But fortunately, the, once we're his, the Lord says in John 10 that nothing can snatch us out of his hands. And so there's a different relationship between the church and God than there was from Israel and God. That is fantastic, Nathan. And, and I just love this. You know, uh, we want you to understand God's attributes, uh, who God is. Some people paint a picture of God as this judgmental uh, uh, individual uh, just looking for us to fail so that he can punish us. And here we find in verse 17, Nathan, I just love that when you read that it says, nevertheless, my eyes spare from them destruction. I did not make an end to them in the wilderness. In other words, he says all these things and then he throws in there, nevertheless. It's almost like a pause. It's, just, it's almost like God is trying to say, you know, in the midst of all this, I still care for you. I have a plan for your life. Uh, Nathan, it just reminds me of the story of Jonah uh, and uh, God's dealing with the people of Nineveh when they repented. And in Jonah chapter four, verses one through three, there's this beautiful description of, of what Jonah says, who God is. And it's so different than some than how some of the people in the world paint God out to be. But Jonah, because God did not destroy the people of Nineveh because they repented, he said this about God. But it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he became angry. So he prayed to the Lord and said, Oh Lord, was not this what I said when I was still in the country? Therefore, I fled, fled previously to Tarshish, for I know that you are a gracious and merciful God, slow to anger and abounding loving kindness, one who relents from doing harm. Isn't that awesome, Nathan? <laughs> yeah. You know, this idea that God, like you said, is just this angry person out to get us. Well, that's that's Allah. That's Islam. That's not Christianity. God, you punish a disobedient child because you want the disobedient child to learn to do right and to have the right attitude. And that's what God's doing here. Unfortunately, after hundreds and hundreds of years, the Lord was like, all right, I got to get a little more extreme, more tough love. You're all going into exile. And it's interesting to read this because of many chapters in the Bible, Ezekiel 20 really lays out the heart of God. I mean, there's no sparing what God's saying here. The elders are coming to ask, and God through Ezekiel saying, all right, well, let me tell you the reasons why all this is happening. He doesn't do it in prophecies. He doesn't do it in prose or parables. No, he just tells you, hey, hundreds and hundreds of years of sin, this is going to happen. And it just as you could hear the hurt in God's voice, too, is, as you know, he again, it's like when you're a parent and you, you show love to your kids, but, you know, they get to that junior high age and all of a sudden they're like, I hate you. And, you know, and, <laughs> 
no, they don't really mean it, but it kind of hurts. You know, after a while, God, God was getting a little sick of them telling me I hate you all the time and not returning to him. So he had to show a lot of tough love and exile was very tough on the Jewish people. But uh, to give you a glimpse of what happens ahead, it did cure the Jewish people of their idolatry. Mm. And Nathan, of course, God is patient. God is good. God is kind. And all this is true. But you and I also know that his patience will run out. And uh, we in the future, the Bible uh, talks about a time period called uh, the tribulation where there will be God's fury uh, poured out upon this earth, a judgment, if you will, the wrath of God uh, for unrepented sinners. Now, of course, we believe the church is going to be raptured. We're going to be in heaven before that occurs. But that's really going to be the anger of God being poured out, Nathan, for the real rebellious people that do not repent. Yes, yeah, and, uh, there is a time period called the tribulation, which, like the flood was, humanity gotten so evil that God had to show his tough love again. And he reduced the human population down to eight people. And so the tribulation time period will reduce the population of the world down to where it, the, the Bible says that the, Jesus at the very end of a seven-year time period will collect the, those that are left on the world and bring them to the Valley of Jehoshaphat and judge them in the sheep goat judgment of Matthew 25. And there's only enough people left in the world to fill one valley. You know, we just in, in the last year reached eight, billion people. It's staggering to think 8 billion people. But in a course of seven years, there will only be enough people to fill one valley at the end of the tribulation. That, brother, that is just staggering to think about. You know, Nathan, and that's why today God is giving people an opportunity uh, to turn to him, to repent. Again, God doesn't take any pleasure in the death of the wicked. Uh, God has given us his son, Jesus, uh, like the Bible says in John 3, 16, that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. That's often the plan of God for humanity, for those that turn and repent. Uh, but God also does have to deal with sin. Uh, God is a just God. And we also see that he will uh, uh, He will be just uh, uh, with all the sins that are happening in the world. But God does not want to pour his wrath on those that are seeking him. So if that's you, if you recognize, wow, I have not been right with God. I don't have a personal relationship with God. I'm fearful for my future. Well, then we want to give you an opportunity uh, to to turn to God uh, so that God will relent uh, from the judgments that he has for the wicked. And, and we want to give you an opportunity to open your heart to the Lord while there is still time, because we believe that window is closing and is closing very soon. Uh, so, Nathan, will you be able to share with that person that maybe is part of the program right now that doesn't have a relationship with the Lord, maybe how they can come to Christ even right now at the last hour? Well, I love how you, you read John 3, 16. Uh, most people, if they go into a football game, have <laughs> had some reference to it, which is good. But, you know, God so loved the world so much that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. In other words, we are born in sin. We are destined to hell. We need a savior. Jesus Christ died on the cross. He took his father's wrath upon himself. And when we put our faith and trust in him, our sins are forgiven. The guilt is cleansed and we will inherit eternal life from him. That's the good news, as you said in the, in the music. Good news, good news of Jesus Christ. That is the gospel. 
I love that. Thank you so much, Nathan. Hey, maybe you just put your trust in the Lord. We would love to hear from you. Give us a call, Texas 305-992-9537. Uh, go to ChristInProphecy.org there. You get more information about our ministry. We would love to hear from you as well. We get excited when we get feedback from individuals that they've turned to Christ or that they're part of the program. If you turn to the Lord, we want to give you a Bible and a Bible study guide so that you can grow in your relationship with Jesus. We also want to encourage you to find a good Bible teaching church, become part of it and grow there and get baptized. And again, we just want to celebrate God's goodness with you if you have opened up your heart to him. And Nathan, that's why we do these programs, right? So that we can rejoice with people and so that they can come to our saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Right. Absolutely. Vic and I, uh, we love to teach the Bible. We love to learn and grow. But, you know, we also love to fulfill the Great Commission of Acts 1-8, where God called us to go into the world and share the gospel with the lost so they too can be saved. They can know the love of God and live eternally with him. And so I just encourage all of you who know Jesus Christ as your savior. Hey, that's that's our great commission. That's our call. We do that until the Lord raptures the church up to heaven or you die. And uh, so be out there, be diligent, share the gospel, uh, get people saved, You know, bring the Lord so the Holy Spirit can save them because uh, that is our purpose in life. And it's wonderful to have a purpose, wouldn't you say, Vic? Well, absolutely, Nathan. Absolutely. And that's why uh, we've come to know Jesus and we have a purpose. That's why we do these programs. And it's just great to also be able to encourage and share others. So we ran out of uh, time for this segment of the program, but we do want to thank you all for being part of today's program in the book of Ezekiel. Nathan, once again, thanks so much for opening up the scriptures for us. Thank you, brother. I uh, appreciate all that you all do. And sharing the gospel. Uh, you know, stay tough, stay strong. The Lord's coming back soon. Amen. And again, Vic Batista, Nathan Jones saying goodbye. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. We hope you all have a fantastic week. The good news is finally here. Friends, listen to me. This is serious business. What the world needs today is Jesus. The Bible says in John 3, 16, that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life.